So I was traveling solo in Iran by accident. Um, I was living in Dubai um, as a trailer producer and I was uh, hosting an Iranian on couchsurfing. And I actually hosted the Iranian because I wanted to go to Iran. And when he said, oh, if you like to take pictures, you should come to Iran. And I was like, yes, in my head. But then I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like to check it out. And so we were calculating the dates. And it turns out that um, the only possible time to go to Iran uh, when he can be around and he and his family can show me around is to leave with him on Thursday. And that was on Monday. So the whole thing was very last minute. Even just before the flight, I was trying to decide whether to go or not. So literally uh, a few hours before the flight, I had to pack everything. And even then, I didn't know I had to um, have a head covering. Even though, as you can see in the picture, it's, uh, it's really quite relaxed. Like um, a lot of women are very fashionable with um, their attire in Iran. And this was a shot taken in the... Uh, on a subway train. So, and that, that best trip I ever had uh, was in 2013. Um, and I, because it was such a last minute trip, I didn't tell anyone. And so I just remember to text my, my best friend in Dubai then that I'm going to run and just, just to let someone know. And he responded by asking, do you need me to argo you out? Uh, actually, he asked, like, uh, why are you going to Iran? Like, are you okay? And I said, no, no, it's a place I've always wanted to go. So, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'll text you, like, in two weeks' time when I'm back. And I have traveled. Um, I'm, I'm not the most widely traveled person, but I've traveled my fair share um, in, in South America, Europe, Asia, a little bit of Africa. And Iran is the safest place I've ever traveled in, only... Mainly, I think, because there were so few travelers when I was there in 2013. And so I was carrying my big camera, um, uh, hanging off my neck the whole time. And, and it was almost like a tourist signifier. And people would come to me. They know that I'm, I'm here to, to see the country. They would ask me questions, uh, like how I find Iran. And they would uh, pose for me as well, like in this lady who was was selling me, I think she was selling me uh, some food. was wasn't wasn't the best, but yeah, I really loved the shop because she was so so friendly. And in in this talk, I um, I also like to share some of the surprises I experienced in Iran, like um, how lush and green it was. Uh, this is in Shiraz, I think, and it's only an hour away from Dubai, which is quite arid and dry. Uh, so. A lot of the things like besides this is, um, I think, overshadowed by the bad press Iran receives. Uh, but I was never, I always knew I would have a great time in Iran because my dad, um, he was working in Azerbaijan, his travel in Russia. So he always told me, oh, the people there, Middle Eastern people are famous for their hospitality. You're going to have a great time. So there wasn't any fear. Uh, before I went, which is also uh, quite a common question uh, I received. Like, but what I never expected was like seeing um, the best sites I've ever seen anywhere, including you know Russia, Turkey, China, and also there was no one 
not a single person there. But this changed when my dad went three years later and he was saying how, so yeah, this is my dad and his picture. And he was saying how there were a lot of uh, uh, very well prepared Chinese tourists uh, who would wear white uh, to set off the, the lights. But it was it was also good to see like the, um, uh, the burgeoning travel boom then. Of course, this has changed now. So as you can see from the map, um, I landed in Tehran uh, and traveled to Tabriz overnight on a long distance bus back to Tehran briefly and down to Isfahan and then lastly to Shiraz. So it was quite a, it's actually I, in two weeks I, I didn't see as much as I would, I would have liked to like Yazd and Kerman. My Dad spent about the same amount of time, but he saw more. And th this is the long distance bus that um, that we traveled in separately. And it was really uh, quite comfortable. The, the only thing was that um, you'd always have to uh, look for look for uh, someone who would speak English and usually there would be. And this is also my dad. Uh, he went, he, he likes fried food, I guess. So he went to check out a fast food restaurant in Iran. And I think they got their order wrong. And the manager came out, the owner came out. And uh, he actually took him around that, that evening to see other sites. And according to my dad, that was the best part, I think, because he saw another side of the city he otherwise wouldn't have seen. And he did a one-up on me, actually. He took the train and I was just amazed like how fancy it was. And it wasn't expensive, actually, because um, I had a hard time getting to Shiraz to fly back to Dubai. So, and I didn't know about this option. Otherwise, I would have taken it. And he also met someone on the train, of course, because in Iran, that's, that's what happens. You get, um, you, you Befriend everyone along the way. And I was also really, well, not, uh, one of my favorite things about Iran is actually the subway station. I had a lot of stories from it. Uh, this is the last station of the red line, I think. So like in Dubai as well, you also have the female uh, cabin where Things happen. Well, not really things happen, but you have like uh, like people selling uh, hair accessories, uh, random things. And a lot of people ask me if it's scary to travel alone. I only started traveling alone since 2011 when I found GPS and ditched all my friends um, because I tend to, I like to take naps and also I like to if I meet someone who wants to take me around, I usually say yes, according to my gut feeling. And it's always been great, but uh, some of my travel mates might, might not want to take that chance. And I feel like uh, that's always the best part to, um, to meet someone rather than see something. And in Iran especially, it was very safe. Like I, 
I always felt like I would be taken care of by the locals, and I was. Like I think uh, after after a few well, a week or something, I I tried because um, I was seeing my host family, so I learned some Farsi so I could manage like a five line conversation. So like, hi, how are you? How long have you been in Iran? Uh, where are you from? Uh, where did you see? And by then I'm done. But uh, there was a girl, there was a lady who asked me like a fifth question and I was stumped. And this girl uh, who was standing next to me on the train, she rescued me and she translated for us. And she turned out to be an English translation student. So and so she and her, her friends took me around for the day and uh, we had chicken livers and cupcakes on the same street. Like I didn't, like you, you not... I don't know. I I didn't expect uh, to see cupcakes that day. Um, also because I was staying with pretty traditional um, uh, people before this trip, uh, before this uh, incident. So I I always say that Iran is the best trip I ever had and, and will always have. So I had the chance to go to Iran again in 2016. Uh, with the Ministry of Trade and Information uh, to shoot uh, Minister Iswaran's um, uh, bilateral trade signing. And so my Iranian friends were very worried. Uh, like, oh my gosh, she always says the best trip and she's going to be disappointed. And no, I was even, I was even more in love with it by the end of it. So what happened was I was with two reporters uh, heading to, I think, one of the bazaars. Uh, so reporter A wanted to go to the bazaar. And report, me and reporter B were just, you know, yeah, we go along with it. Uh, so the train came, the doors opened, and everyone went in, including reporter A. But me and B were like, mm, okay, what's happening? And it was full. So then there was a local who saw what happened, that we were separated. And he said, no, no, I'll, I'll sort you out. And he, he did, he asked everyone to move in and, and everyone did. And then, so there was space for all of us and we rushed in and the doors closed, but it was really, really tight. So me and uh, my friend were like squished and this was quite uh, during a cold time. It was in March, I believe. And then suddenly you hear shuffling and everyone was moving away from us because they noticed that there were foreigners, so they were making space for for us. And then they were like, here, enjoy this space. And so yeah, oh, we looked around and we thanked everyone. And then because I usually carry um, Singapore pins uh, to thank people who helped me. And it happens quite often because I'm quite um, terrible with directions in, 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 in general. So so I took out uh, pins for my for our hero. And I passed it to um, the two young boys next to me and, and asked him, ah, uh, can you like pass it to him? But I didn't know how to say it. So I said, ah, uh, and then they said, ah, uh, but they got the idea. So they passed it to him. And uh, in, in like a minute or a few seconds, another hand reached out from, from the people, the wall of people. And it was uh, our hero and his, uh, he had three sweets for us, for each of us. So I guess he carries these around as well. Like it, it happened really quickly, and these are the pins that I I, I give up. 
So like uh, this is quite um, funny, but I obviously don't believe the media, even though I've worked in the media for 20 years. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's what sells newspapers, but it's not what the real Iran was about. So after my trip, I did a video uh, of my, my trip in Iran and it kind of went viral because a lot of Iranians were sharing it with their friends. Uh, like, for example, uh, the Iranians in the U.S., they were sharing with their friends that this is the Iran I, I wanted to show you. This is Iran that, that I, I'm in love with and, and want you to see and not was on, I don't know, CNN or BBC. And also the first tourist I met actually was American. Uh, it was a um, slightly older lady and she came with her teenage children. She loved, she loved her first time so much she brought her teenage kids with her. So and that's always the example. I mean, uh, you wouldn't bring your kids if it was like dangerous, right? And also I got an email from a Singaporean after my first trip to Iran. I've been there three times in total and she wrote to me uh, asking for tips and then this was a message after she returned and saying that oh it was it was a fabulous experience and she was a bit worried because she had two young kids and as you can see at the end of the email she also said that um, even her, her kids were really like the experience yes so mm, Another quick example of how of the hospitality I met was I, I was buying um, a shirt from like a shopping mall. So imagine Iran is like stuck in the 80s, uh, which is when the sanctions happened. So yeah, it, it probably looks very in trend now. Um, so I was at a very 80s inspired, but actually it's just a pretty old mall and buying a shirt and I asked this guy if he knew where I could get uh, deodorant and and like a soda or something. So he took me around, he became my, like my personal shopper. It's, it's amazing the, uh, the number of things you can see in Iran and this even in just Tehran. This was in Tajrish. Um, uh, also at the, the subway station I showed you previously, Gulistan Palace. And yes, my favorite subway station, and Tajish Mosque in Tehran. And outside the mosque, um, this lady asked me if I liked Iran. And instinctively, I replied, too much. Yeah, another uh, misconception was because I think... Uh, so far, Iran, Afghanistan, and Saudi, uh, the only countries, I think, I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, that have the head coverings. So it shows, it seems like um, they're very subservient, but actually, no, Iranian women are not to be trifled with. And also, like you can see, um, actually, more than half of the university attendees are women. And um, another common question I receive uh, is, will I be able to travel to US after I go to Iran? Um, that was, and I'm very glad I can answer this, uh, but I don't know, things are changing now as well. So, uh, but 
what happened was I went to Iran the first time on a blank passport. And the country that I went right after Iran was US. And it, there, there was no, no complications. Uh, in fact, uh, the only question I got asked and at immigration was um, how I met my Iranian friend. And then we started talking about couch surfing. And then the second time, uh, so that was 2016 when when rules have slightly, well, rules have changed quite a bit. Um, but even then, I was able to get like a 10-year visa to US right after my third trip to Iran. But uh, that was then. So um, a lot of things about, the, the main part about Iran is um, making friends. This, these are actually the hands of the translation, English translation students I met on the train. Like they, like when you meet someone, they always end up saying, oh, me, my best friend, my mother and my cat. So it's always like, a, uh, you always end up meeting their whole tribe. And also through couch surfing, um, I met uh, many locals, young locals, like young professionals, like, like these two. Um, Hamid on the right, he has his own company and the, the girl with the yellow scarf is his employee and that's my friend from Couchsurfing. And she, she didn't introduce me to a cat, but she introduced me to a boss. And so the guy on the extreme right, Shaheen, and the woman uh, I'm hugging with uh, in the back is, is his wife. And they were my hosts in Isfahan. And Iran changed me in a way because um, I have now this trust in complete strangers. So I was staying with the, the two of them. I've never met them before. And they were so extremely kind. Um, uh, they, they organized a party for me, gave me my own room. Uh, Irfani, which is the wife, she uh, got her brother-in-law to show me around during the day when they were studying and teaching. Shaheen's an English professor in the university. And uh, when I was going to leave to another, uh, another city from Isfahan to Shiraz, uh, I bought my bus ticket and then Shaheen said, no, 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 my parents will drive you because you need to see stuff along the way. Um, like they want to show you. And this was the, the our parting shot. And this is uh, Shaheen's mom. And so we rode together for five hours. And along the way, um, Shaheen's mom visited um, the grave of her mom. And I, I this is one of my favorite pictures uh, where Shaheen's dad took a picture of me and his mom and also included himself and not the entire monument, I like his priorities. And when I re reached uh, Shiraz, uh, they were like, uh, no, you stay with us, you eat, you sleep, like here. No, 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 I have like another host to go to. And after a lot of fighting, uh, they said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll drive you there. And then they shook my new host's hand and asked her to promise to take care of this, this guest from Singapore. But it's not uh, entirely like traditional and teas and like, uh, it's also, they also have flat whites. Uh, this was in my third trip when I met 
and German, German American and Iranian through Instagram, and he connected me with his friends um, in Iran, and they showed me around. Oh, this is my favorite thing in Iran, Falude. Um, it's like bihun with frozen vermicelli with rose syrup and lemon. Uh, this was the, the ministerial trip and I had to shoot with, uh, you usually don't need to wear this unless you're going to something very holy like a mosque um, and there were female sections, but it, it was a struggle to, to shoot with this, but it took me a while to figure out how to do this, like to, to put it under your, you tuck it under your armpit and then so you have one hand free to shoot. Um, well, getting there is, um, I was living in Dubai, so it was really accessible. It's an hour away. It's like going to Penang from Singapore, pretty much. So this, this experience with Iran, um, I constantly meet Iranians wherever I go, even on the plane out. I think this was, this must have been out of Iran. Yeah. And actually I connected, um, these people with my friend Vanessa from Singapore that I met while traveling in Croatia. And so she went to Iran uh, because I kept talking about it and nagging about it for people to go. And she eventually went and I actually connected with them, connected them to, uh, so that they could meet, but uh, they didn't meet, but they were, they still helped like with uh, recommendations. And also I, I picked up some, some words. I think I accosted some Iranians um, in Singapore as well. Like when, whenever I hear them. Uh, so these are some of the words that I, I learned. I think uh, on my second trip to Iran at the visa immigration office, when the officer was doing my, my, my visa, he asked me, uh, why I wasn't married. And then I answered, which is like, why not? Yeah, I could have, I also could have said, which is none of your business, but I, I, I kind of wanted with the visa. Uh, pishi, there were a lot of pishi cats around in Iran as, and that was, yeah, expected. And I, I really like the, the language and that's why I, I tried so hard to learn, even though I'm still nowhere um, beyond my line conversation. Uh, but example of how uh, beautiful it is, is um, if you're sitting in a car in front of someone, like in the front seat, uh, you have to apologize because your back is towards them. And then maybe people, young people don't say this now, but um, so they would used to say, a flower has no front or back. And then, and then I think there's a the reply to it, something about the nightingale and the flower. So there's always a lot of uh, to and fro, like, and it's called uh, tarof. So like people will always offer you something. Like even if you're eating a sandwich, you always offer the stranger next to you. It's a, it's a tradition, like a custom. So my friend's grandmother did this in an American airport. And so she had a sandwich and she offered to the person next to her. And the person said, yes. So she took a sandwich and the grandmother was hungry for the entire flight. 
Uh, so I guess my tips for if you are thinking of traveling to Iran, and I still highly recommend it, uh, is to get on couchsurfing. It's the only country that you can see very differently um, uh, with couchsurfing. And also you should, if you can, uh, try to go in March, which is the their new year and bring lots of gifts because uh, a lot of people help you. And this is the video I made uh, to surprise my parents because I didn't tell them that I was going. And in the end, my dad was like, oh, Iran's the best. Yeah. And then my mom's, like, oh, it looks lovely. Where's Iran? So there was no effect. Uh, but it got an uh, unexpected effect like in in a week uh no actually the, the second day i posted it i got like 200 messages and i was wondering what's happening it was was it hacked and it was messages from iranians from all over the world so and it took me like a week to reply all of them and i i actually met up with a lot of people who've written to me about this like a, most of my connections now are iran based yeah so i'm always thankful for iran because it's like a gift that keeps giving so I think in the middle, you see these two guys and they are best friends. On the one on the right is, um, is Irfani's uh, brother-in-law who was showing me around. And he was trying to show me this park and it was closed. It was our third time there and it was still closed. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry, it's closed. So we went to the car park um, where uh, is located in somewhere very nondescript, like in Topayo or something. And it's quite a massive car park and we were trying to get out and there was some car trouble, car attendant helped us, so we fiddled with it for a while. And then as we're driving out, he suddenly honked and yelled at someone crossing um, the, the car park. And it was this guy, his best friend, who was, uh, and neither of them are from Isfahan, they were from somewhere else, both of them. And they had no idea they were here. And the population of Iran is 81.8 million so that was like a fantastic moment for all of us. And even after we got back, he was still apologetic about the park. I'm like, no, the car park was way better. And I think that's, that also changes me. Like I, I, always, I will always prioritize like uh, meeting someone or like a human-based person than a uh, human-based experience rather than a park-based experience. And this was a villager that I met uh, very early on in my trip. And uh, he was asking my friend, oh, where is she from? And I said, oh, don't let her leave. And, and I feel like I, I've never really left. Like I'm constantly talking about Iran, like even now. And a lot of my friends, um, like I said, I, just, I met because of the video. They've seen the video, became friends. Or, or people who've been to Iran. And I think in 2013, before um, so many people have been there, uh, we would always, we always felt like, oh, we shared this, this great secret, like we experienced something together. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's always a never ending journey for me in Iran. And this was the, the article that that, that showed um, my video and that's how some people got to know about my video, I think. And it took me to different um, 
events and it made me uh, very very open to traveling to countries like even like countries that have like that sound very dangerous like Brazil I I always will have that faith in people so Iran is very high up on my uh, on my back in the patches and actually I was carrying this bag when I was traveling in um, Serbia five years ago and I was at a money changer and these guys and money changer was asking me where's Syria uh, and oh I don't have the picture of them don't I uh, maybe they'll come up later but I think they do, but maybe I'll, so I'll, I'll share that story later. So Luna and Nicola, uh, so I was doing this long way home um, when I left Dubai uh, on a one-way ticket from Brazil to slowly back to Singapore from Dubai. So yeah, my geography is, like I said, it's really bad. Uh, so along the way, I passed through Prague and I was asking for help in couch surfing and Nicola said just bring breakfast come to my place and here's the key and it's you, the apartment is all yours for three three months for as long as you want actually I'm, I'm not back till next year or something and I said why are you doing this and then he said because he got really really good news to be with Luna in Boston that day and he wanted to help someone he went to couch surfing to to pick someone to to share this joy with and he picked me because he's also been to Iran and he saw my video that I posted and he remembered all the the, the great experience that, that we share so uh, when they quit their jobs last year and traveled across the world they put Singapore as their last stop and they were staying with me and this was my place uh, so I also gave them the apartment for as long as they want but Singapore is quite small so they only stayed for a week they liked it though yeah a lot I think they they really I think by the end of it uh, Luna was a bit worried like uh, she wanted to move to Singapore instead of going back to China instead yes so uh, I was I was sharing with the the tote bag and so there was these guys next to the money changer and they were asking me where's Syria on your on your bag and I said oh, are you Syrian because I learned uh, Syrian Arabic when I was in Dubai most of my good friends in NBC where I was working with uh, in uh, they are Syrian so they taught me the Syrian dialect it was like Shlonak and that always elicits a, a huge response from Syrians and they're like mm, why do you speak uh, uh, Syrian Arabic so and then they asked for a picture together yeah okay so I guess uh, that's it I have another video of my long way home but I guess you can watch that um, on my website if you are interested and this or Facebook or Instagram or something yeah but you know it's impossible not to find someone online these days but yes thank you for coming